0: 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Late in the second period, Toronto up 2-0 on Vegas. Canadians up 2-0 on the Red Wings. And still no score between the Coyotes and the Flyers. About 12 minutes into the first, Minnesota leads Ottawa 2-1. And four minutes left in the first period. The Jets have a 1-0 lead on the Stars. Stastny, his third. Predators and Flames coming up at 7. Flames have won six straight. The Predators are here tomorrow to take on the Oilers. Of course, we have it for you on 6.30. Chad, 5 o'clock for the Face-Off show. And the game will start at 6.30. And the World Series Game 6, Atlanta and Houston is scoreless in the top of the second. Presley racing out with it. Presley.
1: James but <laughs> put it to of Shooting. And Rebound to the near side. Now controlled by McTavish. Greg McTavish races back into the Chicago zone. Got around to check, cuts right in along, shoots, he scores! Greg McTavish! What a rush up the ice! Beating a couple of checks at the Hawk line!
0: An absolute thing of beauty by Craig McTavish who joins us as a regular contributor on inside sports, courtesy Avalon foundation repair Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty Craig, the 1990 what was it called at the time? The Campbell conference finals. You went coast to coast
1: against the Blackhawks. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. There's a good story to that goal. Uh, it, the all-important fifth goal in a 5-2 win <laughs> huge but yeah, I, I remember that goal because uh, uh, I I had it on the highlights in Bakersfield and so we're in there with the coaches and one of the coaches was Dave Manson who was the guy that I ended up <laughs> dangling at the end and so we're sitting in Bakersfield with uh, with Jay Woodcroft, JF Wool. And Dave Manson, were watching a bit of video, and I had the video coach splice this thing in. And I said, well, what's this? And all of a sudden it comes up in the coach's room. All the coaches perk up, and uh, it has me dangling my old buddy Dave Manson. So it was a good chuckle or two for he and I. Well,
0: I I got to admit, uh, you know, I wanted to have some audio ready to have you on the show. And boy, oh, boy, we're going to have some fun because somebody, I don't know if you got a real loyal family member or friend, but their YouTube has like highlight reels of Craig McTabish's story. So we're going to get a lot of stories over this season.
1: Oh, uh, that one I I do remember just because of the fact it was – it was my old buddy, Dave Manson, who was on the receiving end. There were lots of times he took the puck off me and went the other way, and he was good enough not to come back with those. But, uh, yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, it, it, we all look like scorers in a highlight package, but it's not the case.
0: Well, how often – and, I mean, look, you had some really good offenses seasons, 20 goals, 23, 21 a couple of times, another 20. You got into the high team several times. You know, I, I watched you play with the Oilers, and if I were to describe a Craig McTavish goal, I would say, well, he probably worked really hard and got in front of the net and got a tip or a rebound, or somebody set him up. But that one was one where you did go end to end. Like when you when you were winding up on that play or plays like that, were you thinking like, no, I'm like I can do this now. Like I I, I can actually take these guys one on one.
1: Well, what people don't remember or don't think about is we're all scorers before we reach a level of hockey where we can't. And I came out of college, and I I, I could score there. Obviously, I was a, a strong scorer there. But, you know, eventually uh, you're promoted to, to what they say, you're promoted to your level of incompetence. <laughs> And uh, you get uh, get to the NHL, and it's a, it's uh, obviously a different animal. I had, you know, quite a few goals over the years for me, but, uh, you know, I also knew well enough to try and make the best team I could and hang on as, as hard as I could.
0: Right, which uh, which worked for you on a few occasions. You mentioned Dave yeah. Man- Manson, uh, and who's still in the Oilers organization, uh, like a fierce guy when he played. Um, Contrast the, the uh, experience of Dave Manson as an opponent and as a teammate?
1: Yeah, well, he he was scary. I mean, I think the only guy scarier at that time and crazier was Ben Wilson. And those two were teammates. So I think Mance learned a fair bit from Ben Wilson and not in a particularly good way if you were on the op- opposing team. But he was uh he was a scary guy to play against and you know he's he's a gentle giant off the ice he's done an amazing job with uh our young defenseman our oiler young defenseman he's just got a real uh soft way about him but there is a line there that you don't want to cross and he really connects well with young players. I mean, obviously, his son Josh is a tremendous player in Anaheim. He would have had great influence over Josh, but he's just got a real uh, aura about him that demands uh, respect. Uh, and uh, he 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 can teach. He can really teach. And we're you know we have a lot of young defensemen in uh, in in Bakersfield that are going to be hugely benefited by his experience down there and his demeanor uh, is fantastic. He's a terrific person. So when you went
0: against players who you knew weren't afraid to cross the line or, or be a little dirty if needed. And the Oilers had Brian Marchment for a few years. I, I remember other teams didn't like some of his hits and Oilers fans thought they were, were beautiful. And, and I, and I know as as a, when you were a player, fear maybe isn't the right word, but were you worried, okay, this guy's going to elbow me in the head. He's going to go for my knees. It's going to be a stick to the wrist when I'm not I- expecting it. Like what, what part of a, another guy crossing the line against you sort of worried you the most?
1: Well, fear is the right word. I mean, uh, we were all fearful. You had to be, uh, you know, what's the line? No sense, no fear. It was a dangerous environment back in those days. It still is today. And uh, with every row I walk above the ice surface, I get tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher. And eventually I get amongst all the real tough guys in the press box. (laughs) Uh, But on the ice, it is, I mean, you you have to be fearful. And what do they say about uh, courage is not the absence of fear, it's managing the fear. So everybody that has any sense at all, if you talk to any of the tough guys over the years, uh, and what they had to deal with uh, on a day-to-day basis, on who their matchup was, it 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 was it, it was, uh, it was uh, a difficult time to play, and you had to manage the fear. Now, I would go into games thinking, "Okay, Dave Manson, I don't have to fight him because he's going to kill me, and everybody knows he's going to kill me, and he probably." Uh, doesn 't want to fight me either, but there is always a line there where okay i can 't take anything from this guy if I start taking things from this guy then where's it end? so you have to draw a line at least that 's the way I always tried to uh approach it and uh you know it it, it you know courage and you, you it, it 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 tested your manhood back in those days, but everybody was expected to add a bit of the fabric of toughness in those days, but guys like Dave Manson, I mean, we had bigger, stronger guys, uh, that, that could, you know, look after guys like that. We had, you know, Dave Brown, who was, uh, you know, Kelly Buckberger, who they're the best of friends now, but he would be, uh, seeking, uh, guys like that out. But, uh, no, it was, it was, uh, it was a different era for sure. Greg v. Tavis joining
0: us on Inside Sports, and you're right, I'm pretty tough eight floors above the ice at, at Rogers oh, for Place. sure. Though
1: Rob Brown They're reels me in if I get no too hockey. Ho- <laughs> no hockey sense and uh, scared and, you know, and then you get behind the bench and you go, wow, things are happening fast back here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think that's uh, the perspective that sometimes is... Uh, lost on even management i mean being in the press box as a manager or a hockey executive it just you just don't get the true perspective on what's happening down at the ice you lose the human part of it like you're dealing with people down there you lose the speed part of it you lose the physical part of it and everything looks a lot easier above than uh, than w- what it is down at the ice ice level, and I mean that that speaks to another uh, issue about uh, the hockey sense of some of these great players that we have today on the Oilers. The the way that uh, Duncan Keith sees the ice and sees those plays, and the way Leon Drysidle sees plays, and I mean there are a few guys that have that view of the game from from way above leon's a perfect example of a guy who will find the third or fourth option that i'm not seeing in the press box i see the first i mean those guys are rare as i i think i've told you before like that's that's just the the advancement of the processor that he has the way that he can process the ice and, uh, but it's, it, you know, it's, it happens a lot fast down on the ice level and it's a lot more dangerous down there too.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. And like, I'm, I'm so lucky that I get to watch all the games with Rob Brown. And sometimes I will say to him, well, I didn't think he had that play. I didn't think that passing lane was there. And Rob will say, no, no, like any, any player sees that, or, you know, he could tell the defenseman was leaning, but. You know, speaking of Leon, there there have been times Rob has said to me, I didn't think, I, I didn't see that pass, or I didn't think Leon would try it. You know, and that's Rob, yeah. who does know the game pretty well. So a huge appreciation
1: for, for what those players can do. Craig, we're going to take a quick time out. R- Rob had that ability, too. I mean, he had elite hockey sets. And... uh get what he got out of that physical package uh was he he processed the game at a very very elite level and i'm always interested in hearing his very accurate perspective uh after the games
0: okay we're going to take a quick time out here with craig mctavish a big night coming up for kevin lowe on friday craig's going to give you some memories of playing with and working with kevin when we bring you back to inside sports there's the news piling up the assists this season our new regular contributor on Inside Sports is Craig McTavish, presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company, for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. So, Craig, you joined the Oilers in the 85-86 season. They'd gone from being this group of young guys to the, the big dogs on the block. They won a couple cups. Kevin Lowe, such an important part of that leadership group at the time, what was it like becoming kevin's teammate and you know eventually friend
1: over those over those years just a lifelong pleasure reed as you know those of us uh that know kevin uh you know have have the utmost respect for him as a a player and a person but the, the minute i got to edmonton i moved in with him he asked me to come live with him and uh you know the the thing that stands out about him and really collectively about that group of oilers was the inclusiveness it was just you know there was it was a group of people that really functioned and got along well together and uh i give credit a lot of credit to kevin's
0: well on the ice you know, speaking of, of players who, like we were talking about earlier, might have been willing to, to cross the line a, a little bit, what was it like knowing that he was patrolling the front of your net and digging in the defensive corners for pucks?
1: Well, very underrated player. If you remember the players that he played with, like any time you hooked up with Kevin Lowe, that was going to be a great pair. And I remember. You know, I wasn't around for Lee Foglin and Kevin Lowe, but they played uh, almost exclusively together. Uh, After that, there was Craig Muni and Kevin Lowe, who I played with a lot. Those two were both amazing defenders, great penalty killers. I, I killed penalties too as well, and never remember ever a pass coming through From Kevin or Craig Muni's side for that matter uh, to somebody on the backside those guys would seal that lane they were incredible uh, competitors and I think that's really uh, what allowed Kevin to tap into a real high skill level and to maximize his contribution to the team was his level of competitiveness there was nobody that competed harder from a leadership standpoint, he always lended the best perspective at critical times, like whether it was, okay, we got to relax or stop relaxing or whatever the case may be, he could always articulate to the group um, the best perspective on the situation that we were in. And uh, that takes experience and that takes intelligence. And obviously he has both uh, if he thought it'd be more advantageous at the time to have somebody else deliver the message he would uh he would go to that person, whether it was uh Wayne or mark at the time and uh just you know he could really subordinate his himself to the overall uh well being of the team and uh you know obviously he 's a friend of mine and has been for many years, but I really Uh, trying to be as objective as possible. I I haven't ever played with somebody that was that well connected with uh, pretty much everybody in the room. If you didn't have that connection with him, you were the problem. And, uh, you know, the support staff and everybody around and the media, and you just treated everybody with such respect. And, uh, you know, it really really w- rubbed off on everybody when you see a guy that's had those that level of accomplishments and notoriety that still treats everybody that well and uh you know you hear it a lot but it's seldom true we're all in conversations that we're just kind of there but he's generally interested in people and it's an amazing attribute that is rare i think that uh You know, he's equally uh, engrossed in a conversation he would have as he did the one year the Queen was here, as he would somebody that he met on the street that had a story. Like, it's just he's he's a a unique guy, and uh, I'm glad to see him be uh, recognized by the Hockey Hall of Fame because his contribution was huge. And then uh, recognize Friday night uh, by having his jersey go to the ceiling. I think anybody around the team knows that it's the right thing to do.
0: And you guys, another level to your relationship, really unique, is you were the head coach while he was the general manager. Were, were, did that create bumps sometimes where you're always able to to figure it out? Is there Can you take us behind the scenes with anything there, Craig?
1: Uh, They're really, you know, we – and I think that side of our relationship really started when I was an assistant coach with Kevin. And we we had Ted Green with us as well, who was a fantastic coach here for for a long time, and he was great on our staff too. Uh, But we collaborated about everything. And Kevin, he's got such little ego that – You know, it's, it's, he's a real collaborator and, you know, he's going to make the final decision, but he's going to, he's going to search out all the information that he can before, and he's going to include everybody. So it empowers everybody in the organization. And really that was his, uh, his, his leadership style. I mean, the room always goes quiet when you're discussing trades. And so everybody has their say, and then, the manager will say, Okay, uh so you guys are recommending that I trade this player for this player, and then that's when the room goes silent. So I mean he, he would make the decision, but uh he, he it was really in you know cooperation and collaboration with everybody else in the organization.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be awesome to see that number up in the rafters. Craig, it's awesome to have you. It's awesome to have you on Inside Sports. We'll be doing this a couple times a month throughout the hockey season. Thanks for checking in tonight, man. Really appreciate it. Well,
1: this will keep me uh, busy at least two nights a month, Reed. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks.
0: (laughs) There we go. That is Craig McTavish presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. I uh, do not think we'll ever have any shortage of topics or stories with Craig McTavish as he joins us here on Inside Sports. Okay, uh, our other regular, Kelly Rudy's coming up in the second hour of the show. We'll get a little bit of insight on the Elks from Dave Campbell. Of course, we'll keep you updated on how the Flames are doing against the Predators. All ahead as we roll along on Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.